Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fabulous at 50 podcast. We have a wonderful show for you today. We are here to inspire, educate, and empower you. And today, we'll definitely do all three of those. I am here today to welcome Pamela Kwiatkowski from Goose Insurance. And today, we are going to be talking about snowbird travel safety with the leaves falling off the trees and the cold weather just around the corner. We Canadians are ready to go south and meet up with that wonderful sunshine. And especially as it's looking like the borders are going to be opening up and we have our fingers crossed that all will go well, there are definitely considerations that we must have, we must take into consideration. And uh, Pamela, welcome today. I'm so interested in what you have to share with us. Hi, Joanne, and thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation with you today and hopefully um, provide really important information for your listeners as they plan to travel. Oh, absolutely. And I know with our, our pre-chat, we're just getting comfortable and getting to know each other. You are just such a wealth of information on you know, why we need insurance, what type of considerations, what it's looking like might be the rules and regula regulations. And um, I think that's so important that we educate ourselves before we travel. Absolutely. And, you know, it's a moving target right now in terms of what the requirements are. Um, however, I think uh, we're all well aware that there's good news on the horizon and that very soon the land borders will be open opening on November 8th, all going well uh, for Canadians to cross the border in their vehicles, as well as air travel has, you know, is opening up. More flights are being available, more destinations are opening up. And, you know, to your point, we're, we're ready to, uh, to get out of our homes and, and go and do that travel that's so important to so many of us. Absolutely. Why don't we start off with a definition of what do we consider a snowbird versus someone just going on a holiday? Yeah, that's a great question, Joan. I think first and foremost, you know, a snowbird traditionally uh, has been a person above the age of 55, and I don't want to use ages, but you know, that is the traditional uh, snowboarder who's retired or is uh, can work out, outside of their, you know, their their home destination, and they're living south for around six months, anywhere between three to six months is traditionally what a snowbird would look like. Fair enough. Now there is considerations and we'll get into that as we talk today about what might a snowbird uh, need to take into consideration and what somebody might need to take into consideration like myself who just happens to be going on a two week holiday praying that all of that will go well. Um, why don't we start first just with, you know, what are some of the, the things that we do have to consider when we're, we're wanting to be a snowbird or travel? Well, regardless of whether you're traveling for a day and you're across border, I live 500 meters from Point Roberts, so right across the border, uh, and you're a frequent shopper or you have a place down south or you're traveling internationally, uh, Canadians need to buy travel insurance. Our provincial ministries of health provide us coverage in our, our province. Uh, and when we travel outside of Canada specifically, that coverage ends. And a day in the hospital in the US is upwards of $10,000 per day. And a day in the hospital around the world in a, a good facility is very, very expensive. And if that happens to a Canadian or anyone who's traveling, it is their responsibility for those hospital costs. So travel insurance, whether you are a day tripper, whether you're a frequent traveler or a snowboarder is an absolute must. 
It is so important. And I think what's important for Canadians is we, we get a little complacent thinking, oh, it's all free. And the reality is it's not free. You know, I'm a nurse. I work within a clinic and I've worked in hospitals throughout my career. And it does cost thousands of dollars here. It's just that we believe in socializing that and that no one should lose their home. So we just take the money from somewhere else. We pay it in a different way. It's not that it's free. And we need to know that when we go somewhere else, we're not a citizen of that place. So we need to get insurance. So there's different types of travel insurance, like there's health and, you know, lost luggage and interruption. Can you explain a little bit about that? Like, what is it people are needing? So first and foremost, the most important travel insurance is what we call emergency medical. And that will cover you in the event of an emergency. I think it's really important that travel insurance, regardless of what type of travel you are, is not designed for elective treatment. So it's not a policy that you can buy and say, oh, I'm going to go and have, you know, my elective surgery done, my warts removed, whatever that is. (laughs) It's for emergency services. That is important. And you want to buy a policy that's going to cover you uh, more than $2 million. I've been in the business for 32 years and have seen claims in excess of a million dollars. Wow. So it's really important that that you have that adequate coverage. So that's first and foremost. Your emergency medical policy should also include evacuation. So what if you are hospitalized and you want to come back to your home country and have, you know, your emergency services back in Canada or whatever your home country is in your and to be around your family as you recover. So having an emergency air ambulance as part of your policy is really important. Those other benefits are what we call travel inconvenience benefits mm. uh, would be, for example, trip cancellation or interruption. What's interesting about that is if you paid $5,000 for your trip, the most you're going to lose is $5,000. If you are traveling outside of Canada and hospitalized, the amount of losses can be unlimited. So it's really important to know what your risk is. Trip interruption is I've already left on my trip and something happens and my trip is interrupted. I either need to come home because of a family emergency or I need to stay longer because my flight was canceled or I have a business situation that's, you know, there's something that's going to delay my return home. And then baggage insurance, of course, is to cover lost baggage or, you know, stolen, stolen. And then it's really important to understand in that particular case that your home insurance is usually your first payer. And this is to bridge the gap or to pay for incidentals. So for your listeners, the most important piece is your emergency medical. Uh, trip cancellation and interruption are also very important. The other thing to keep in mind is with COVID, which adds a whole nother layer of complexity into travel insurance, is yeah. what if I had to quarantine and stay longer, those are, there's some costs that I'm going to bear. So having a policy, if that's a concern to you, uh, we would highly recommend that you have COVID quarantine coverage and also making sure that your policy covers you in the event that you get COVID and you're hospitalized. So travel insurance is complex enough. It is added another layer to it. So it's, uh, there's a lot of, trying to follow you on this to make sure that I understand. So you might conceivably buy medical insurance, but it excludes COVID. There's a pot. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So can right now, can the Canadian, so, so I know my listening audience here is um, all around the world. So today we are talking mostly about Canadians insurance. Although I know that, um, 
uh, goose insurance, you're also licensed in the States. So this insurance could apply to people in the States as well. But honestly, if you're listening from anywhere else in the world, you still need this type of um, insurance, but you, you just need to find out what's going on with your country and the countries you're traveling to. Yeah. I mean, most countries do have travel insurance available. Yeah. Uh, So it's just a matter of, you know, doing your research. I think what's important for, for us at Goose, we developed a COVID specific policy for Canadians traveling outside of Canada and for US residents traveling outside of the US that is in addition to travel medical insurance to also make sure that you have a COVID specific policy. And the reason we did that is there are some countries that require proof of COVID coverage and proof of quarantine coverage for COVID. And so we wanted to respond quickly to the marketplace to ensure that uh, consumers could purchase that type of policy. That makes sense because I can see conceivably what they don't want is someone coming to their country, getting COVID and then going, well, I'm not going to quarantine. I'm going to travel because I can't afford it. And then the risk of spreading it. Well, and also in some countries, putting a financial burden on their hospital system, right? So making sure that they have the financial means to pay for hospitalization due to COVID in the event that that happens. So it's really not only to protect the consumer, it's also to protect the the country that you're going to. I mean, we have a responsibility. and, And so that's something that we take very seriously. So with these different coverages, um, do people have to buy them all separately or is there like a comprehensive package that gives you it all at once? Well, I think um, for, for us, you, you can buy certain prod- products that are comprehensive, but you have to really be careful in the fine print and what they will cover. And that's why we wanted to highlight a COVID specific policy so that right. you didn't have to hunt through the fine print. So we offer, uh, you know, traditional travel insurance as well as a COVID specific to give people uh, peace of mind. But there are policies that will perhaps cover the entire gamut, but you have to really read the fine print. Read the fine print. That, that's so challenging, right? Because it is confusing. So we just wanted to make sure that the confusion was off the table and you buy your emergency medical coverage, but you also buy COVID coverage uh, to make sure that you have that extra layer of protection. Yeah. And the, you- cost, the cost for any travel insurance product compared to the risk that you're mitigating is, is peanuts, really. It really is. Even if it's, I don't know, I don't even know all the costs lately, but even if it was just a few hundred dollars compared to a million, like that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm going, I'm curious a little bit about credit card health coverage insurance because many travel credit cards, and I know you're not an expert in all of these, but I was just curious, is it worthwhile buying extra insurance on top of those? If people have them, do they both pay? Does one pay and then the other one tops up? I'm just a little curious how that works. Well, the challenge with credit card coverage is that they have age restrictions. There are, and, and all policies have age limits, but credit cards, you need to really understand how it applies to you. It's not a one size fits all. So there are age restrictions, there's pre-existing stability clauses, Mm -hmm. there are restrictions. What if I needed to top up? What if I extended my trip? Will my credit card coverage allow me to top up? Um, For the extra cost, I would always recommend buying a travel insurance product specific to that travel. And, uh, you know, because it's very challenging to get the up-to-date wording on your credit card and truly understanding, and you have to take a lot of time 
to read those policies very, very carefully and look at certain situations that you could be put in. So for example, you the weather was bad at, at home and you wanted to stay an extra two weeks, will they allow you to top up? Right. So there's a right. lot to think about with those credit card coverages and they change every year, right? So uh, when they renew their contracts, yeah. those policies do change. And so what was true two years ago uh, when you read the policy may not be true today. To now, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I, with trip interruption, I a quick story. My daughter was overseas um, when everything happened with COVID and we brought her home. So, and I assumed we could apply for a trip interruption. Small print was if it's due to government uh, advisory. Uh, advisory, it doesn't count. It was a lot of money that we had to work around for some other stuff, but it is so important to know that fine print. So that's kind of the main thing we've done here. I, I think the main takeaway I'm getting right now is it's so vital to have uh, travel insurance, the most important be emergency medical and read the fine print and make sure you're getting it from a reputable, you know, uh, a place as well. Now I want to, oh, sorry. Did you want to add something to that? I think, yeah, I think it's really, really important um, to talk about pre-existing conditions. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, particularly, um, you know, as we get older, things don't work as well and, and chronic diseases, particularly diabetes for one high blood pressure, uh, cardiovascular disease. Uh, yeah. What do people do if they already have those? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what's, and a lot of people go down South because they have those because of the warmer mm-hmm. climate and the drier, dry heat and all of those things. So, um, if you do have a preexisting condition or a chronic disease like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, chronic respiratory disease, or cerebral vascular disease, those are the right, the key ones that you really need to understand uh, what the clauses are in your policy. So most policies have what's what we call a stability. So you must be stable for a period of time before you leave on your trip. So the recommendations, talk to your doctor, understand what stability means in that policy and make sure that you meet those requirements mm. or find a policy that covers non-stable pre-existing conditions. And they, okay. They and those exist. Yeah, we have one at Goose. So, um, but, but really understanding uh, the other piece is that if you do have a chronic disease, making sure that you're taking enough medication for your trip and also and more, sure, yeah. And, and also stress. making sure that you have a generic understanding of what that medication is uh, in case you need to have a prescription filled in the country that you're visiting um, because you can't use your doctor's prescription to take to a pharmacy in another country, you need to have it prescribed by a local um, physician. So local physician, you yeah. also, it's always very um, important to take your prescription in the original packaging. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. Do not take it and I'll put it all into one vitamin bottle and uh, you know, make sure that it is like, very clear. Shake, shake, <laughs> shake. Here's, here's all my, well, this little red pill is my <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really, really great point. And also if you can obtain some medical information on your chronic disease so that in the event that you were hospitalized, uh, heaven forbid that you have a list of the medications that you're taking, who your physician is, uh, what your treatment plan is so that it just makes your experience that much easier, uh, should you be hospitalized so that the attending physician, uh, that's, uh, working with you at that point has, has more insight. So really important to take that information. I'll, I'll take it even a step further, honestly, being a nurse and doing a lot of health histories, when we bring people in, 
is when people come in, they're not, we're not at our best when we're going into the hospital. So I advise everybody, it doesn't matter whether you're traveling or not, have a sheet of paper and, and right at the top, put any medical conditions that you have, put any previous surgeries that you have, you know, all the doctors, all the medications, just in case, you know, let's hope we all want to be super healthy, but most of us have something that's been going on. So that's really important. Well, and you bring up a really good reminder too, is that when you're buying travel insurance and you have a condition, please, please be truthful. Um, make sure that you disclose uh, any conditions that you have before you buy. Uh, you know, don't just, uh, and if you're uncertain, is this a chronic disease that I have or not? Is this medication important or not? It's better to err on the side of caution because it's really, really important that you disclose. Like any insurance application, you need to disclose anything that would be a material fact to your application. So super important. Yeah, you don't want it voided. Now let's talk about uh, the U.S. Canada border opening up. That's scheduled for November eighth of twenty twenty one. Fingers crossed that everything will go at the time of this recording. That is what you know is moving forward. Tell me a little bit about what some of the rules and regulations are versus because I know some people like to drive down. I have friends that they they actually fly out to east to to Quebec and they visit some family and then they drive down to Florida and back and forth. And so there's driving, but there's flying. And then there's places like Hawaii, you know, that have their own rules. Can you share a bit about those? Absolutely. So um, first and foremost, whether you are um, flying as of November 8th or you're driving, you must be double vaccinated. Yeah. Yes. Is accepting, um, you know, multi vaccines for Canadians and also any vaccination that's approved by the world health uh, organization. Say that again. Can you say that again? If you've had, let's say you've had a AstraZeneca and a Moderna, yep. the U S will now accept that. They will now. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's number eight. So okay. uh, as far as we know today, so yeah. the next one is also any vaccination that has been approved by the world health organization is acceptable. But being double vaccinated, whether you're traveling by land or by air, is a requirement as okay. of November 8th. The other piece to keep in mind is that if you're traveling via air, you need to have a negative antigen test 72 hours prior to departure. And uh, you can get those. There's a variety of ways to get them. I get mine at the airport. Uh, and if, but if you're going by land, it is not a requirement to have that negative antigen test when you're traveling into the US and that's the US specifically. Hawaii um, has different rules in terms of what type of PCR test is acceptable. So you need to make sure that you check that prior to departure. Okay. Um, so that's, so for the rest of the US, a rapid antigen test is acceptable and it's more affordable than a, a PCR molecular test. When you're coming back to Canada, you need to have uh, as of today, within 72 hours of returning home, you need to have a negative PCR molecular test. So an antigen oh. test is not acceptable. So you need to make sure that you get that. Um, so there's a lot of testing going Are on. Are those available um, at the airport? In some airports, yes. So because okay. uh, I'm and, picturing, you know, you said you need the molecular testing to go to Hawaii. So my thought is, what about people, Canadians wanting to get home from Hawaii? How do they arrange that? And, and what pricing should people budget for? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So I've actually traveled uh, a few times 
months since September. And for the rapid antigen tests, you can look up to $120, $130, some or less. Uh, for your PCR test, uh, today you're looking at around 200 USD. There's, you can shop around. Um, 200 and I, USD each. Each. The pricing is starting to edge down. To, just to give you an example, when I first traveled uh, out to Denver, I paid 250 USD. Um, I'm, I'm traveling right now and I'm paying just under $130. So uh, it really depends on where you're at. And you can do your homework and do your shopping around. Make sure though that you know how long that that test result is going to take so that you have that test result before you go. Really, I've really heard some crazy stories where somebody, you don't want to take it too far in advance and then it's void. But if you go too close, there's people that have been caught at the airport going, I took my test and I don't have my results yet. Yeah, and they will not let you on the plane uh, wow. so you have it. So it is, it, it takes a lot of organization and work and preparation. Is that covered? Is that covered under trip interruption? Like, because no, no. it's yeah. like my trip is interrupted because yeah. my test isn't ready. Like, yeah, that's, 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 that's the onus is on the consumer to be a good planner and wow. to do your homework. So I strongly recommend find out before you go book your appointment you know, it's, it's like anything, as long as you plan and you're organized, uh, you can create a seamless experience, but uh, just don't leave it to the last minute. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now that, so that's covering the flight. And then of course, masking on all flights, that's just a standard be cooperative and, and, uh, and, and know, be respectful of each other. Follow that protocol, you know, wash your hand. I know it sounds crazy, but wash your hands frequently. You know, as soon as I get on a plane, I get the, the antiseptic wipe and I clean all of the areas around me to make sure yeah. that it's clean. And, uh, you know, and also just really be respectful of your passengers because we don't know who we're sitting beside and if they have a comorbidity uh, that puts them at a higher risk. So just really, really take yeah. that a little extra time. And that's another thing, take extra time at the airport. It is not as seamless experience as it used to be, or if it ever was yeah. a lot more, um, the delays and because the gate agent has to check your molecular test or your PCR antigen test, uh, now checking for vaccination is going to happen. Uh, so all of these things, just give yourself ample time, uh, get to the airport early and also be prepared when you return home. Uh, you can possibly be randomly selected to have a a test upon arrival. At okay. Good. So that, I think a lot of it is mindset. I mean, we really have, it's only been since the mid 1900s that, that, you know, 50, 70 years that we've had so much travel and air travel and it's moved from, it was a privilege to, it was a given to, I think it's a, a, a reminder that travel is a privilege. Absolutely. It is a privilege. And, and, we have right, or we have, we have rights and we have responsibilities within that. And if we get the mindset that we're doing this to protect us all, then, you know, we not to get irritated at things yeah, and to be yeah. excited that I am getting to go on an airplane again or driving. So I want to swing a little bit. You have a few tips on, on safe winter driving, because there's a quite often as I mentioned, like my friends do is they drive down from Canada all the way down to Florida, but the, you know, obviously Canada and Northern States, you can, you can be going through all the winter before you get to more summery type weather. What, what do you advise people? 
Well, first and foremost, check the weather patterns. I mean, right now, you know, it's peak, they're starting into hurricane season, tornado season. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're experiencing, we, it was just on the news to, you know, uh, recently with some of the, you know, windstorms and rainstorms that are happening. So really check and give yourself extra time. You know, I think that's a really, really important. Um, so when you're booking your travel insurance and you think you're going to be gone for 160 days, maybe give you, and you're driving down south and you're coming back uh, via land, making sure that you give yourself extra time and know your points along the way. I think that's really also very, very important. You know, do your trip planning in advance, making sure that, you know, that if you need to stay in a hotel, that uh, there's capacity and you're staying in an area that, you know, what if you had to stay two nights because of weather versus three? And make sure that you are packing food and water and a flare in your trunk and your spare tire and, you know, having a blanket, blankets, having, having, you know, towing, uh, you know, insurance to, in the event that you need to be towed, all of those things. And also making sure that you don't run on empty. I myself have been caught traveling and thinking, oh, I'm going to make it to the next gas station, but then there's a delay and you're out of gas and you're on the side of the road. So, you know, these are things that are common sense, but we get so excited about travel and we forget about all these things, right? And we just want to get on the road and then we go, oh my gosh, I forgot about this and I forgot about that. You know, message, just take that little extra bit of time, I think, and and enjoy, you know, stop and smell the roses. Don't be so Mm -hmm. rushed, you know? Um, you, you know, you don't need to get there so fast. I think we all, whether we're traveling or driving to work, uh, just having that little reminder of breathing a little bit and saying, let's just, you know, give ourselves a little bit more time. So we're not rushed. And then also we're not anxious with the people that we interact along the mm-hmm. way. Great advice. Great advice. Um, we're getting closer to the end of our talk today, but before we do that, I want to ask you more on a personal level. What I think is amazing is you are so articulate in the way you're explaining, uh, the need and the different types of insurance and the travel and insurance predominantly has been a male dominated industry. Yet you were sharing with me that this has been a decades long career for you. Can you tell me just, you know, because we love to celebrate, you know, women in their fifties and you don't even remotely look like that. Uh, So I, I'm, you know, hats off to you for this wonderful career. Can you share a little bit more about that and what you have on the go? Sure. For sure. Well, um, my father was a life agent. He started his career in Calgary, Alberta, and, uh, uh, when I was a young woman, I thought I'd never get into the insurance business. Uh, and uh, I did. And um, it has been just an incredible career, but it has been one that has been fairly dominated by men. Uh, and I think there's a couple passions that I have. One is that we need to do a better job as an insurance industry to understand that women are part of our market and that women were the caretakers of our homes. And we are, you know, we, we have so many responsibilities in the home and that should something happen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a untimely death of our spouse, mm. but there are such financial repercussions. And so uh, when I was first in the business, um, I had sold a policy to a young Filipina who died of ovarian cancer and had a $100,000 life insurance policy that made the difference for her surviving spouse and her two children. Um, I had the same experience with a nanny who her husband fell off of a uh, in an ice storm in Vancouver, and she was left 
with two children and had a $50,000 life insurance policy that made the difference. She became an LPN and was able to support her family. So mm -hmm. see the impact uh, of insurance and how it does change lives became a passion for me and being able to deliver it to consumers that often aren't reached or there, we call them the underserved that mm -hmm. the industry focuses on the high net worth person and, you know, the business owner, but there's this, the family market where the risk is so great. And so that really has driven my passion and then being able to do that in a digital environment. So uh, I became a co-founder of Goose Insurance, which is a mobile app uh, to deliver insurance into the hands mm. of consumers, both in Canada and the US, making it easy to understand and affordable and uh, accessible. And that's always been a passion for me. I think what also has been very passionate for me is seeing women get into this industry and realizing mm. that as women, we bring a different tenure to our conversations about insurance because you know, I'm a mother of three daughters. I have a 26, 27, and a 19-year-old and um, to see them flourish, but also to help them be more financially literate uh, and to understand what insurance does and what it's for, uh, and also to just be better prepared financially for the unexpected. And I think women, we, we can have those conversations and it doesn't come, you know, we're not selling each other on it. We're educating each other to say, you know, this might make sense for you and being part of that uh, financial journey, no matter what income, you know, that, that, a, that a family has, there's a risk and being able to have that conversation without yeah. coming across as overbearing and really having a deep understanding of, of what the value is. And so that's what drives me. And to see women be successful in this business mm -hmm. is, really, you know, um, important, but also for any of us women who are in our fifties, who've had a long career in many different facets, I think mentoring other women is so important. We often look to, Oh, when, when am I going to retire? And when am I, I hope I never retire. I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, exactly. Not, not interesting to me, um, but being able to share that wisdom and being able to be a cheerleader and a champion for other women along the way uh, and, and to be a resource for them uh, is really, really, you know, it's, it's that's, that's so, it's life-changing. So important. So important. You know, one of, one of the sayings that I have with Fabulous at 50 is we have so much to share with each other in the world. And that, you know, it's, it's a time for us to truly take our wisdom and flourish and be mentors for younger women and to give them that encouragement. And I remember being a woman in my thirties and, and seeing women in their fifties that were vibrant and taking on really cool activities that when I was, you know, trying to jostle the babies on my hips and I was overwhelmed with just being the take terror caretaker of everything in my world to look to them for inspiration was wonderful. And you're being an inspiration for others, which is great. It's been such a, a pleasure talking with you. You are a wealth of information. And on that note, I'd love to end our conversation with you maybe sharing your top three pearls of advice. Well, I think I'll, I'll hone in on travel because I think it's yes. so timely right now and something that we're all thinking about and considering. So first and foremost, um, travel vaccinated, get vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, yeah. um, it's, it's travel is a privilege and it's really important, not only for yourself, but for those that you're traveling amongst and the countries that you're visiting. So that's number one. Number two, if you do choose to travel, get travel insurance, understand your policy wording, 
and make sure that if you have a pre-existing condition that you understand what you're covered for. Uh, and also what I failed to mention before is if you plan to do sports or adventure activities to make mm. sure that your policy covers you for that. And also that you have flexibility to extend your trip uh, while you're traveling. So travel vaccinated, travel insured, and also travel safe. You know, be, be prepared, understand the destination that you're going to uh, and know where the embassies are, understand what their rules are in terms of uh, your entry requirements. And it's just taking that little extra bit of time, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Uh, mm-hmm. Apply that to your travel plan. So travel vaccinated, travel insured and travel safe. Fantastic. Now, before we say goodbye to you, can you, if somebody's enthralled with what you're sharing, and I know you've been so good about just talking about insurance generally, but you do represent uh, Goose Insurance. Yeah, and so, so you're a co-founder of Goose Insurance. Co-founder. So we honor that. We really celebrate women that are, are uh, you know, part of business. How does somebody, do they just Google Goose Insurance or is there a website or a mobile app that they should yeah. be downloading? Yeah, there is a mobile app and you can go to the app store and look up Goose Insurance. Okay. Uh, you can also go to gooseinsurance.com and there's a link to send it to your mobile device. We are a mobile insurance platform. It's not on your on your desktop or on your browser. We're a mobile app because um, we believe, first of all, that if you're buying insurance, your policies should go with you, particularly when you're traveling. So that if you were to buy a travel insurance policy on our app, you'd have access to it wherever your smartphone is, which is okay. really important. You can also extend coverage and, and purchase other coverage. So go to the app store, it's Goose Insurance or go to gooseinsurance.com. Excellent. Now, one last question, because I always have this is sometimes when people think, oh, it's an app, I'm too removed from people, but clearly there's real humans behind it, is if someone needs to physically talk to somebody and hear their voice, can they do that with you? Absolutely. We have fully licensed agents uh, that are willing to, you know, that are there and able to help you, particularly if you've got chronic disease or you have questions. Uh, we have a great team at Goose that are fully licensed, so uh, they're able to give you strong, well-educated advice, so 100%. Fantastic. Well, Pamela, thank you so much for being here. I know that uh, for those that are curious, though, um, Goose Insurance is, the head office is in Vancouver, BC, Canada, but you're licensed within Canada and many states within the U.S. Yeah, we also have an office in the state of Washington as our home state. Uh, and so we're, you know, we're in, in uh, Vancouver and also Bellingham, Washington. Excellent. Well, I think this sounds like an amazing option. There's so many options out there and this is a wonderful one. And we're so happy that you're here chatting with us and we'd love to have you back on again, maybe talking about some other type of insurance perhaps in the future. I love that. I, I, Hey, I'm passionate, but I could talk about insurance all day, which is kind of frightening. Exactly. (laughs) Which is something that we go, Oh, who wants to talk about insurance? But the reality is it's something that we need to deal with. So why not better educate ourselves so we can make wise choices. So thank you everyone for spending the last little while with us. We hope that you're well educated on this topic now. And in addition to listening to this podcast, we will be doing a blog and some tips and tricks on on, uh, things you should be paying attention to when it comes to insurance. So make sure you go to 
fabulousat50.com and you can check out all of our online resources. And while you're there, if you're not already one of our Fab Club members, I invite you to become one of our members where we meet online as Zoom with women all across the country and actually around the world at times on a Tuesday evening. So we'll look forward to seeing you there and have a wonderful day, Pamela, and have a wonderful day, everyone who is listening. Thanks, Joanne. Thanks for joining us today. You've been listening to the Fabulous at 50 podcast with your host, Joanne Neweduck. Join us again for more inspirational interviews on topics that matter to you. If you like what you've heard on today's episode, check out the liner notes or to learn more about this vibrant community that celebrates women over 50, please visit fabulousat50.com. That's www.fabulousat50.com.